0: Gray Matters. But first, let me tell you what you've been exercising to. That last was the United States of America doing The Garden of Earthly Delights from their first and only album. Some record suit thought, let's have a psychedelic San Francisco rock album. And he asked one of John Cage's last students, and this is what happened. Never asked for another one. Uh, Frank Zappa did x 4s from Apostrophe One Size All... Ministry gave us their cover of The Doors Roadhouse Blues from Cover Up, a fine album. Thanks to Kristen for pointing me to that. Lard gave us Mate, Spawn, and Die from Last Temptation of Reed. Scraping Fetus Off the Wheel gave us DIY 9026 from Nail. And uh, also gave us cosmetics from Hyde. And in between all along, we've been having Jackie Sorensen telling us to do your dance and stop. And now let's listen to some really loud, fast music. Here's a little sort of promo, and then we will be ready for gray matters.
1: Okay. Uh, Neil and Buzz, uh, the President of the United States is in his office now and would like to say a few words to you. Over. Hello Neil and Buzz, I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House and as you talk to us from the Sea of Tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this Earth are truly one.
0: CBN, FM, Ann Arbor keeping Richard Nixon's vision of peace and global unity alive with sounds and music from all the cultures of all the people all over the world Uh, like you
1: think the the ones what do you call that music in the restaurants or on the elevators that music is destructive that music if we had good music playing for people in a happy society on the streets you know I feel like I uh, uh, have a new record coming out. Or I just like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it.
2: Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and I'm Jim Dwyer. And I just stepped out of the... Am I in the Woody Allen orgasmatron here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> little
3: feedback from the headphones. Anyway. Yeah,
2: we're getting a little feedback from the headphones. Anyway, uh, technical difficulties. Notwithstanding, uh, obviously quite an interesting uh, week of developments. Uh, we have a new uh, president of Iran. Yeah. Not much to say about him, except uh, I think this is a positive development. He's characterized as a reformer and a centrist, quote-unquote. He is a cleric, but uh, I think that he he will not be as uh, vituperative as Abin Abinijad, and maybe some serious negotiations can actually commence forthwith.
3: Well, he's taken, you know, immediately taken the hard line, but sort of offered the conciliatory tone that the West wants to hear. And, of course, the West has you know, announced enthusiasm that a uh, so-called reform cleric uh, has won the election, which, uh, by the way, was it was a better turnout than people were expecting mm-hmm. because there were a lot of uh, a lot of people saying they were just going to stay home as a protest vote on this one. But uh I suspect uh, the appeal of something like a Reform candidate who's spoken about some liberal social uh, concerns, uh, th- the way people you know want to live their everyday lives in Iran, is something that he seems uh, willing to discuss as well. So obviously, you're not going to win the election as president of Iran by saying that you want to appeal to the West and get better relations with, with the United States. Um That's just not the line that anyone's going to win on. Um, That being said, uh, they've also, uh, the president-elect of Iran has said that uh, uh, sanctions must be removed uh, as one of the precursors to uh, negotiations.
2: Yeah, and all the BBC analysts that I heard uh, last night and the night before because uh, of the early lead that they took in the voting, um, his uh, block of parties, whatever you want to call them made the observation that they thought that was his number one objective and that he would uh, make concessions here and there. So uh, I think it's a positive development, and let's hope it goes forward. Military involvement, I think, with Iran now looks less likely, but uh, perhaps in Syria more likely, though I think that the Obama administration is wisely avoiding the uh, call to get into this war it's obviously a civil war in syria and you know the u.n. is now reporting ninety three near ninety three thousand dead uh... in, in little uh, right around two years it's a proxy war uh... It involves a lot of uh... complicated aspects and at least uh... the state department spokesman acknowledged this uh... john mccain and uh... his uh, sidekick uh, lindsey graham the boy wonder are hopeless uh, I was checking our record over the last uh, 10 years on wars in the uh, Middle East or the so-called Near East and we seem to be about 0 for 2. Uh I don't know if these guys think there's a 7 game series going on here and that we can somehow come back and win this thing but uh reclaim home court advantage. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Or to paraphrase... you have uh, never had home court advantage there. <laughs> George C. Scott and, from uh, Dr. Strangelove. Well, all the facts aren't in yet. Uh, but the facts are in. Uh, obviously, there's sectarian violence occurring in Iraq. Uh, that's a unstable situation. And this Shiite, Sunni, broader picture in the Middle East is uh, continuing uh, with proxy states uh, supplying the uh, arms and whatnot. And It doesn't appear that the rebels in Syria are making any real progress. There's just a lot of killing going on. And civil wars have been the nemesis of the United States over the past 40 years because Vietnam was essentially a civil war that we decided to get involved in. Well,
3: you you just can't take sides in these sorts of things because the issues are complicated. Uh, The nuances are really unmanageable. And Syria offers a more myriad, balkanized state to begin with uh, than uh, Iraq did.
2: And certainly an an artificial state in and of Mm -hmm. itself uh, created after the Versailles treaties by uh, the French and British imperialists against the arguments uh, that Woodrow Wilson put forward at Versailles. And, you know, we've seen the
3: spillover into Turkey, uh, into Lebanon, uh, so the the Syrian powder keg, is. I spent uh, a big portion of the program a couple of weeks ago talking about the many, many ways in which Syria's <laughs> civil war is just too dangerous and difficult to, to pick a rebel group to support.
2: So uh, I think that will sort of continue to drift in the water the policy i don't i don't see the obama administration wisely uh they, they realize that there are profound differences between syria and libya a population is 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 one aspect that's quite obvious and syria has many more uh, complicated uh factional uh aspects of their uh, country uh, of course the big story of the week is surprise surprise the government is monitoring your emails and your phone calls. This ha- actually isn't news. Uh, <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's the thing that's remarkable about the I made the that media, point last yeah, week. Yeah. It's like, uh, you didn't know that your cell
3: phone was uh, monitorable, not just by the government, but by anyone. Business, yeah. With the listening equipment, the technical wherewithal. Cell phone uh, transmissions are radio. It's not phone.
2: Yes. Think of uh, the conversation. Since we're throwing movies around tonight, great movies. Good movie to see in light of all this. (laughs) The movie that Francis Ford Coppola made between the two godfathers. A uh, very timely movie, given the fact that it came out the year that Richard Nixon resigned. Doing so much listening of his own. And, of course, that is exactly about eavesdropping, wiretapping, etc., Of course, uh, the federal government uh, did not have a Department of Homeland Security until after 9-11. And the Patriot Act was uh, ramrodded through Congress with very little debate. Thank you very much, Denny Hastert, and the Republicans that essentially controlled Congress back then. Um, So I don't know what the surprise is. And, you know, by the way, just for the record, Bill Moyer's in his, uh, fine Friday night, uh, public affairs show on, uh, uh, public television, uh, during the, uh, last decade reported extensively about wiretapping. Uh, I forget the name of the room in San Francisco, but at and uh, seem to have no problems cooperating with government requests to monitor phone calls and whatnot. uh, Landline phones, for the record, are protected under the 1934 federal wiretapping law. Uh, I still have my landline phone. One other advantage of the landline phone, just for the record, is they actually function in an emergency, Mm. whereas cell phones don't uh, because everybody's trying to use them. The system crashes, and your cell phone is virtually worthless in in an emergency. Uh, Once your battery goes, for sure. If there's a, quote, Terrorism incident or event uh, like the recent uh, thing that happened in Boston. Of course, the private explosion of private contractors. Um, I'm, this is just startling information, but I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, 483,263 contractors held top secret clearances compared to uh, 791,200 government employees. Well, right there you've you've mm. got a, an amazing number of private sector and government employees with quote tops secret security clearances. And of course, uh, Mr. Snowden had this um it's almost a appropriate and ironic that the name of the company that he worked for, the private contractor, is Booze Allen. <laughs> Hamilton. Is it booze or Bose? It may as well be booze. Yeah, booze uh, minus the E. But, uh, yeah, that's almost a creation of Charles Dickens, I think. Um, and I'm sure that that will be a cocktail appearing at your local establishment quite soon the booze allen concoction uh, secrecy and privacy of course are intertwined in this whole thing and uh, government and business spying on people and creating you know knowing where you are with your cell phone and creating apps that pop up advertisements that let you know that oh wow uh, we see that you shop at starbucks uh, three times a week. Ah, Starbucks ad pops up on your computer or your cell phone. Uh, what, what do people think's been going on? I, I'd say the only positive development from this whole uh, fiasco and mess is that sales of 1984 have exploded on Amazon.com. <laughs> Well,
3: Orwell was right in many ways, and uh, my personal opinion is that that's kind of a dreadfully dull book, unfortunately. Uh, It really bogs down in several key points. Uh, But Orwell's legacy really should be seen as his attempt to draw attention to the manipulation of language itself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, at the end of the day, um, this is really how uh, we're robbed, (laughs) Uh, when language itself is is robbed of meaning uh, by this uh, intricate precision use of euphemism, double speak, and just out and out bullshit, yeah, I mean, that's that's really uh, what you've got to look out for. Uh, the NSA has been monitoring whatever they've considered uh, worth monitoring for decades. Sure, uh, no know. such agency, right? Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> um. James Bamford, by the way, was one of the early uh, authors about the NSA that alerted the public to what was really going on. Uh, and what really is going on is, is troubling, and it's also troubling that a majority of Americans are in favor of what's going on. Uh, I think they've been producing uh, we call these quasi-plebiscite uh, polls that show the American public don't mind this kind of monitoring. Well, it's one of those things. I think
3: on one level, uh, some people probably feel that well they don't really mind because it, in theory, it makes us safer. But I think other people say they don't mind because the government's going to do it anyway, whether you feel strongly that they shouldn't or not. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's one of those. Well, what are you going to do? You know, I'm more worried about finishing paying my house off. You know, I've, I don't really, I got nothing to hide. I, I don't care that they're monitoring everything. Um of of course it's bad.
2: Well, and of but, course uh, it
3: just really doesn't affect most people in the way that they
2: care about. Facebook, you know, I don't know if it was created by the CIA but it may as well have been.
3: Exactly. It's a it's beautiful. public confessional device.
2: It's a beautiful thing. And of course uh, for the CIA's uh, perspective and, of course, a recent uh, Harper's Index, uh, I, I think I read this a couple of weeks ago by coincidence. Uh, profits earned by Facebook last year, $1.1 billion. Tax refund the government received from the federal government, $429 million. There's something wrong here. Uh, and, of course, what's wrong here is Congress uh, doesn't do their job. They... they don't protect the public. They have not made the rules clear. I am probably one of the few individuals in the United States that has an IQ over 100 that doesn't have email. People go, why don't you have email? And I said, uh, have you ever read the footnotes of the Iran-Contra report, <laughs> the Tower Commission report? And, of course, 99.9% of people say No. And I go, well, read it, and uh, then you'll understand why I don't have email. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately,
3: most of us have been compelled for reasons of uh, our jobs. Because
2: it's the system.
3: It's the the new normal.
2: And you have to comply with the system. My own opinion is that the response to this, we need to actually have a national debate about blowing the Internet up and starting over, doing it right. Uh, this stuff is, is not right. Uh, what's going on in this country with corporations and government colluding in, in the monitoring of what you're doing all day? If you are walking around with your cell phone, as most people are these days, they have a little tracking device in those puppies. You say you can turn it off. I say you can't. It's never off. There may be an off button. They're watching you. The question is, why aren't we watching them? And why isn't Congress, who suddenly expresses outrage over this, as a, you know, claiming they weren't briefed, they railroaded the Patriot Act through in right. days. They didn't have any genuine discussion about any of the issues. Well... It's so, a war on terrorism. Yeah. But uh, since the war on terrorism uh, started, the Bush, uh, luckily Obama doesn't use that odious expression but uh i think it's fairly safe to say that since uh, the war on terrorism commenced under uh, george w bush uh, we've had a hundred thousand people killed in america from guns uh local crimes and uh freak shootings yeah. yeah uh what's what's the real uh, threat out there to the public uh, we don't know <laughs> we don't want to know i guess We don't want to do anything about it. Well, as
3: uh, the old comic strip Pogo uh, once opined, we have met the enemy, and
2: it's us. Exactly. And those statistics, by the way, on uh, government security clearances, and needless to say, there's way too much uh, government information that's classified anyway. That's part of this whole...
3: WikiLeaks debate. Well, and another bigger picture that we don't have time to go into here now, but that's come up as a result of this uh, scandal, is uh, the massive storehouses where all the heavy data is stored and kept, because it has to exist in some physical location. And so this is the new Fort Knox.
2: Uh, Forget about your gold. It's it's the big board. They'll see the big board. (laughs) And there are many big boards out there. with all kinds of very juicy information about your private life. Uh, I, by the way, I just wanted to credit David Sanger and Jeremy uh, W. Peters' uh, June 14th edition of the New York Times on the, the factoids about the top uh, security clearances regarding private sector and uh, public sector. And, of course, it's great to, to learn that the, uh, one of the leaders of Booz and Allen, Hamilton, got to give him credit uh, as well uh is uh, mike mcconnell who uh, was director of nsa now he's uh, jumped over to the private sector he is characterized as the vice chairman interesting to note that uh its majority shareholder is the carlisle group mm-hmm. highly connected people from mainly the uh administrations of George W. Bush and George H.W. Bush. Uh, It's a family
3: affair. They're in all kinds of
2: uh, sordid things that go on in the world. A privately held company, they don't have to reveal much information to the public. When chaos
3: breeds a crisis, someone's got to make a buck.
2: And uh, and they've undoubtedly funded uh, quite a bit of our political campaigns over the last several years. But uh, it's interesting to note in a sort of profile of Mike McConnell, um, he boasts uh, the digital capabilities are a little bit like weapons of mass destruction. Mr. McConnell said in an interview last year, the good news, he said, is that countries like China and Russia recognize limits in using these weapons, and terror groups have been slow to master the technology. Quote, the people that would do us harm aren't yet in possession of them yet. He then goes on to add, when he lobbied before Congress in 2007 on behalf of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that he wanted to eliminate some of the most burdensome rules on the NSA, including that it obtain a warrant when spying on two foreigners abroad, simply because they were using a wired connection that flowed through a computer server or switch inside the United States. It made no sense in the modern age, he argued, quote, now if it were wireless, we would not be required to get a warrant. Hmm. A mere technicality. (laughs) A mere technicality. And, of course, cell phones, uh, when they first came out, didn't work terribly well. They were kind of expensive. And there were even some uh, scientific suggestions that they may cause brain cancer. Uh, The Europeans did quite a bit of research in that area. The United States seemed to be a little less interested in finding out if that were a fact or not. But uh, it's fascinating to me that uh, text messaging began to replace the actual phone call Mm -hmm. because cell phones worked so poorly. Can you hear me now? No, I can't. Why don't you text me? Ah, yes. Uh, We have analysts that uh, analyze how people type now. And we have a a story in today's New York Times by uh, Scott Shane and Ravi Samaya about the fact that the British secret government, secret service, whatever you want to call them, the GCHQ, uh, the British eavesdropping equivalent of the NSA, uh, monitored um, negotiations that happened in Europe. The Guardian is reporting uh, Sunday, yesterday, that the uh, Government Communications Headquarters, or the GCHQ, the British eavesdropping agency that works closely with NSA, monitored the emails and phones of other countries' representatives at two London conferences in part by setting up a monitored Internet cafe for the participants. We set up the monitoring stations for you. Plug well, in. Isn't this one of the leaks from Snowden? Yes, this is a, a further revelation uh, that I think Snowden was involved in, but certainly The Guardian, the newspaper that he's been working with, uh, has reported this. But it's just that
3: easy. It's uh, You know, you set up the... Set up the trap, and everybody
2: wants to have wireless access. Indicated that the email interception and key logging software was installed on the computers in the Ertsatz Internet Cafe. That foreign diplomats' BlackBerry's messages and calls were intercepted. And that 45 analysts tracked who was phoning whom at the meeting. Well, that sounds a little bit like Stalin at Yalta. Uh, FDR is famous for alerting Churchill (laughs) that when we wish to discuss things of top secret nature, that we leave the compound and go out for a walk in the garden. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure Stalin had some spies in the bushes, but...
3: Interesting in that light that uh, (laughs) when the uh, Chinese uh, leader was visiting with Obama, they took that walk out in nature (laughs) where they're... we're no monitoring devices. Obviously, uh, the man's English must be uh, decent to good. Uh, but uh, in the context of all of this monitoring surveillance, uh, brouhaha, an interesting gesture.
2: No one can hear us here by the third green. Exactly. Maybe that's why business leaders go golfing. But you never know if Bill Murray's uh, working... <laughs> the ball washer. <laughs> sees the ball washer out there in the golf cart. Well,
3: unfortunately, John uh, Boehner can't uh, be bothered with uh, with uh, real-world issues. Uh, story in the Times today about this new attempt by Republicans to throw red meat to its uh, conservative base on the abortion question.
2: Oh, I thought they were going to
3: try and repeal Obamacare for the 39th time. Well, they're going to uh, introduce legislation that changes the uh, time frame. Currently, abortion is prohibited after 24 weeks uh, into a pregnancy. That's the standard recognized by the Supreme Court.
2: Uh, uh, yes, new the legislation, standard, Sandra Day O'Connor viability
3: standard. Yeah, yes. the new uh, legislation proposes a 22-week cutoff because of ambiguities about the end time of the pregnant woman's last menstrual period, which is just how intimate Republicans are thinking about such matters. Uh, It's not really about the baby then, is it, if you're thinking all the way back to the period. Uh, But John Boehner's comment on this is, uh, quote, listen, jobs continue to be our number one concern. While we continue to be focused with that, there are other important issues that we have to deal with. And after the Kermit Gosnell case, a scandal in Pennsylvania with an abortion doctor, uh, and the publicity that it received, I think the legislation is appropriate. In other words, he means timely. This is a timely thing that we can sort of cash in on and squeeze uh, all the political uh, grist we can out of the uh, outrage over this uh, one individual. Uh, There's no way that this legislation is going to make it in a... uh, You know, Democratic controlled Senate. No. So it's never going to make it. It may make it out of the House, but it won't make it through the Senate. And uh, it's just another gesture. uh, Suicidal? I mean, don't most Republicans uh, realize now that uh, this was a non starter issue in 2012?
2: Well, and Boehner likes to push on brick walls. Uh, He's. (laughs) Head first. (laughs) Why not? He's, uh, I think, a uh, customer at Booz Allen. Only he doesn't go in for briefings on national security. He just goes in for the booze. <laughs> they uh, have lots of uh, cocktail parties. I'm sure with that, uh, those profit statements that I that I saw recently, uh, they're skyrocketing. Carlisle Group is uh, <clears throat> going ka-ching. I wanted to give out a brain damage award also to all of the idiots in America that critique the young boy that sang the national anthem at the San Antonio basketball game. Apparently, they were offended by the fact that this 10-year-old boy was wearing a mariachi costume and that it was outrageous that he was singing our national anthem, quote-unquote. Well, he, of course, turns out to be an American, and uh, traditional uh, ethnic outfits are hardly offensive. Um, It's sort of like... Being offended by somebody celebrating the Polish festival or the uh, a Dutch person wearing wooden shoes. You yeah, know,
3: it's it's like
2: whatever uh, outrageous. Uh, this is a 10 year old child. And for them to uh, call up San Antonio with hundreds of complaints, racist complaints. Congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs for inviting the young man back for an encore because he was allowed to sing again. So in your face racist idiots you get a brain damage <laughs> award and uh
3: on the subject of children uh there's a little girl who's set up a lemonade stand uh and all the proceeds go to uh tolerance on gender issues a, a local charity that supports that her lemonade stand is right across from that church so-called church that protests uh, military funerals uh with you know denunciations of oh, yeah. homosexual activities mm-hmm. and uh the god hates fags uh, sort of thing uh these people are also lunatic haters and uh the children know uh, the truth it's just you know be yourself be decent yeah and so three cheers for this little girl forget the name of the church
2: anyway we're out of time here on uh, gray matters here on wcbn fm ann arbor like to thank andrew for engineering this evening do stay tuned yazoo city calling is coming up next right here on this fine station Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Johnson and Eddie Lang on the guitars doing the guitar blues, a 1929 recording found on a Lonnie Johnson compilation. Tell it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's Jerry Mack, your host for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues, performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. This particular recording found on the document series of Lonnie Johnson's Volume 4, recorded in New York May 7th and 8th, 1929. Lonnie Johnson, Eddie Lang on the guitars. Uh, One of the first uh, incidences of uh, black and white musicians getting together and recording in the early 20th century in commercial recordings. So they were breaking down the uh, segregated barriers in order to